I'm gonna, I want to recap our, our, our series that we've been going through, I Need a Miracle, and then I'm going to transition into it. Uh, man, part one, uh, we, we tackled the big question, why do some people get miracles and some don't? Well, why does God uh, answer some people's prayers, and, and why does he not answer other people's prayers? And we went through the cross and, and what Jesus had finished on the cross, right? He had finished sin and sickness on the cross. And at the end of the day, we have faith in God, whether he comes through and does a miracle or not, because we trust him that God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so no matter whether, whether God gives us a miracle or he doesn't give us a miracle, we trust that God knows better than we do, right? Because he's, he's God, right? And, and so whether he comes through and does the healing, he comes through, does the miracle or he not, we trust him no matter what. Part two, we, we talked about making room for Jesus in our lives. We, we, we talked about the story of Jesus walking on the water, right? And, and that gets a lot of the attention and the storm and Peter walking out. But what's very interesting is that it wasn't until the disciples made room for Jesus in the boat until Jesus stopped the storm in their lives. Maybe the thing that you're going through today isn't just a physical issue, isn't just a physical problem, but maybe it's a spiritual one, and you need the one who has power over all spirits to calm the storm in your life, and that is Jesus. So if we want a miracle, sometimes we need to make room for Jesus. And then last week, last week we talked about the miracle of multiplication, how God can take our little offering, he can take our little sacrifice and multiply it. He fed, he fed 20,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread. He fed 20,000 people. When we're willing to be generous and open our hand, God can do miracles. Here's the thing, though. God didn't do the miracle until everybody was in order, right? God waited. Jesus waited for the disciples to break up people in 50 and 100s, and he waited for order to happen. Listen, we got to get our order right. We want God to move in our life. We need him to be number one. He needs to be number one in our lives. Amen? Amen. So part four today, the title of the message is the manger to the cross. Because I, I, we can't talk about the manger. Listen to me. We can't talk about the manger and not talk about the cross, right? This is where it began, but this is where Jesus said, it is finished. Come on, let's pray today and we'll get into God's word. Father, I thank you for this moment. God, I thank you that we can come and celebrate your son, Jesus who is the greatest miracle of all time. God, I think of every person that's in this room today, it is not by mistake that they're here, God. God, you got a word for them. You want to touch them today, Father. So open all of our hearts, open our minds to the understanding of your word. Let us leave this place changed today, God. Let us leave this place a little bit closer to you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen and amen. I want to talk about the person that Jesus, that, that God decided to put Jesus in. I want to talk about the person, before we get into it today, who God chose 
for the miracle. And her name was Mary, right? And she was a, a teenager, and, and God chose her. And, and I think there's some misconceptions of who Mary was. Listen, Mary was not some type of supernatural being. She wasn't godlike. She was a human, okay? She was a human just like you and me. But here's the thing. We can't call her common, okay? We can't call her a common person because she wasn't. Listen, we don't, we don't pray to Mary. Mary's not some god. We, we, we don't pray to her. She can't hear our prayers. Only Jesus hears our prayers, okay? But listen, she was not a common person. Let's read the scripture that talks about Mary. Luke 1, 28 through 30. This is the person that God chose to carry the greatest miracle of all time. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed like many of us would be, right, if an angel showed up, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. He says, don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found what? Favor, favor with God. So Mary had found favor. Mary was favored by God. Okay, let's not get confused about love and favor. God loves you right now as much as he can possibly love you, no matter how many bad decisions you are you've made, no matter what a train wreck your life might be, God loves you as much as he can possibly love you right now in this moment. He loves all of us. We're all God's children. We're all created in his image. So God loves you. Favor is something different, okay? So how do we get God's favor? Well, Mary was faithful, right? Mary was faithful and obedient to God. Man, she was faithful and, and, and man, going to the temple and, and she was faithful to God. Mary made room for God in her life. She was obedient to God. Mary had the order right. She put God first in her life. And so God put her favor on her What's awesome is that we can have God's favor today. We can have what Mary had and what God did and Mary. Man, we can also experience God's favor by being obedient and faithful, by living passionately for God and, and, and that, 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 that God wouldn't be some, or church or, or reading your Bible wouldn't be become some religious ritual, but it's this beautiful exchange with a perfect Savior that we get to have, and we get to walk in God's favor. So think about this for a moment, okay? God sent his son, Jesus, to be born in a barn. Not a palace, right? Not a palace or, or, or a nice hospital, right? But a barn, and not only does God send his son to be born in a barn, but to be placed in a dirty manger. Okay, this is an animal trough. Like you put hay in this, you put grain in this, and animals eat out of this. And this is what God decided would be good enough for his son. To be born in a barn and placed in a dirty trough. Now, now, now think about this. The next thing, okay, the next thing, 
Many of you women have had children, okay, especially your first child, right? You're, you're a nervous wreck about having your first child, right? You don't know what to expect or what's going to happen, right? But most of us were in a nice hospital with lots of doctors and a lot of nurses and a lot of technology, right? Think about this, having your husband deliver the baby. Some of you are like, I don't even let my husband watch the kids alone. Like... <laughs> Don't trust him. Right? Right? Joseph's like, all right. Blue 98. <laughs> Omaha. Omaha. I'm calling an audible. Donkey, you get in here. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mary, is this how you do it? And they're like, no, I don't think so. Right? Like, now Joseph has to deliver the baby, all the complications that can happen, and then. What did they do? They don't put them in a nice sterile place. They put them in a dirty manger. Why was Jesus placed in a dirty manger? Listen to me. The first 30 years of Jesus' life was all about relating to you and me. All about relating to our dirt. All about relating to what we go through. You see, Jesus' dad was, was a carpenter. Many, many theologians believe that, that he had his own business, and, and they probably struggled financially. And so, man, Jesus understands if you're struggling financially. And, and I know this time of year sometimes isn't always the most joyous time for some of you because it's a reminder of the people that you've lost in the past. Listen, Jesus lost his dad. He lost his earthly dad. And so he understands grieving and, and Man, they used to have a lot of Jewish celebrations, and so he understands celebrating once with his dad, his earthly dad, Joseph, and then the next year, his dad not being there and, and feeling the grief of that and the comfort of his mom being a widow. And like, Jesus understands everything that we go through. He understands the struggles that we're struggling with to right now, today. He understands the struggle in your marriage, in your finances, at your workplace. He understands with your struggle with purpose. Man, he lived the first 30 years. We don't hear a lot about Jesus because he's living life. Why? Because he wants to understand everything that we go through. So I want to I just give three key points for the rest of our time this morning. I want to give three reasons why Jesus came. Three reasons why Jesus came. Number one, Jesus came to erase the misconceptions about God. There's many misconceptions about God, especially if you read the Old Testament and you're like, man, I, th I think God's mean, right? He's a mean one, Mr. God, right? You think God's more like the Grinch, right? Then he's like Santa Claus, right? Like, and, and, and you think somehow God is standing in heaven waiting for you to screw up so he can throw, you know, lightning bolts at you, right? Or, or you, know, uh, you know, fireballs of wrath, right? To really stick it to you, right? Because he's a mean God. Listen, Jesus came to change our misconceptions about who God is. John 1.18. No one has ever seen God but the unique one, who is Jesus, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. And so when we read about the stories of Jesus in the New Testament, this is the heart of God. And we've been reading about, man, God doing uh, man, I need a miracle, and, and how Jesus was moved by compassion. 
for our needs. How Jesus was moved by our desperate cries. When we desperately cry out to God, God is moved by our needs. We serve a God who cares about each and every one of our needs and wants to be there with us and meet each and every one of them. Jesus came to change our misconceptions that we might have about God. You know, Jesus came and he says, I have come to give you an abundant life, an abundant life, a full life in Christ. Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah says, I've come to give you a hope and a future, not to give you disaster or harm. Like this is the God that we serve. Jesus came to change the misconception of who God is. Point number two. Second reason Jesus came, he came to express God's love for us. You see, God just didn't write about God's love. He, he just didn't write about it or, or tell us. He showed us what love looks like. Let's read John 3.16 today. For this is how, how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that everyone who believed in him will not perish but have eternal life. Think about this for a moment, and we talked about this in this series. God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His, his thoughts and ways are way higher than ours. Who would have thought to take their only child and send it to earth to live amongst us, right? And then have the people, right, that he created nail his son on a cross. That that was the plan, to send his son to be brutally beaten beyond human recognition, that nails would be stuck into his hands, and he would die a criminal death even though he did nothing wrong. I don't think anybody would think, like, that's a good plan for my child. Yet God said, this is my way to show the world what my love looks like. My love looks like sacrifice. I'm going to show them. I'm going to give the world the greatest gift that I could ever give them, and that's going to be my son. And he's going to show them what love looks like so they can experience my love. Jesus came to express how much God loves us. Point number three, last point today. Third reason why Jesus came. Jesus came to enable us to have a relationship with God. And, and we sang that hymn this morning. Let's, let's go ahead and read Matthew 1.23. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us. Because Jesus was sent, because, man, the miracle of the manger, because he was sent, we can now have a personal relationship with God. You see, God's original plan, he, he, he came down from heaven with Adam and Eve, and he would walk and talk with them. But because, they, because of sin, because they brought sin into this world, God could no longer do that. 
And by sending Jesus, what is he doing? He's reconciling us back to the Father through his Son. And now, when we accept Jesus Christ into our life, God is with us. That means you don't have to go to another person. You don't have to go to a priest anymore. You can directly go to Jesus. And you can have a relationship with the God of the universe. And because of Jesus, we can receive his spirit, which is called the Holy Spirit. And here at Passionate Life Church, man, we, man, I'm, as your pastor, I want you to experience all that God has for you. And that's including the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit brings power to your life. The Holy Spirit will change the way you think, will change the way you act, will change the way you talk. Listen to me. If 2018 wasn't any, if 2019 was any different than 2018, come on, try something different in 2020. Try the power of the Holy Spirit. Try Jesus this year. And I'm not talking about casually trying him. I'm talking about going all in and submitting your life fully to the one who sacrificed his life for you. Listen, I was, I was a drug addict for seven years of my life. And the moment I said yes to Jesus, okay, and I was broken and I had nothing to offer God that was good, okay, other than myself, okay, I had no money, I was an addict. I was strung out. And the moment I went all in, Jesus removed that desire to do drugs for me. In that moment. And I said, God, I will always live every day. As passionately as I live for the world. Listen to me. I lived passionately for the world for seven years with drugs and alcohol and partying. Whatever I wanted to do, I did. And it led me to a dark place. A broken place. I was either going to go to jail or I was going to die. And I said, I know exactly the plan that devil, the devil has for my life. So God, I'm going to give you everything that I gave the devil. I'm going to put it all in. And let me tell you, I've never regretted that decision ever in my life. It's the best decision I've ever made. And so li listen to me. Listen to me this morning. Don't let another day go by without Christ in your Christmas, right? We can get all wrapped up with presents and spending money and shopping, and we can forget that, man, the greatest presence is the presence of God in our life, and, and we, we, we can go through the whole Christmas season, season and, and not think about Jesus one time. Listen, don't go another Christmas without Christ in it. He will radically change your life. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. I want to give you an opportunity to put Christ in your Christmas this morning. Maybe you would say today, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus, and I need Jesus in my life. Or maybe you've drifted from God, and, and man, you found yourself here this morning, and you don't even know why you're here this morning. You're here to hear this message today. And you just need to make a recommitment to Jesus you need to make a recommitment to Christ in 2020 that you're going to put him first in your life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, this is your personal declaration of faith today. If that's you, just slip up a hand. I just want to pray with you today. Yes. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yes. You can put your hands down. Thank you, God. And I ask that we'd all 
Repeat this prayer this morning as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sin, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on.